Welcome to the Let's Get Vulnerable podcast with me, your host, Dr. Morgan Anderson, clinical psychologist, relationship coach, love expert, creator of the ESL relationship method, and athletic wear connoisseur. My mission is to help you raise your self-worth, have great relationships, and step confidently into the next level of your life. Each week, two episodes will air featuring expert advice, live coaching, and tips showing you exactly how to improve your life and attract great relationships. You deserve to feel empowered, secure, and loved. So buckle up and let's get vulnerable. Before we get started, I promised myself that I wouldn't forget to share a very important update with you all. I've officially reopened my one-on-one coaching and I've opened up just five spots to work with me privately. And this will be the last opportunity before summer to work with me. Once those spots are gone, they're gone. So if you're really serious about getting off the dating roller coaster, you're tired of the games, and you're ready to attract a great relationship, go apply now. Use the link in my Instagram bio at Dr. Morgan Coaching, or feel free to send me a DM on Instagram letting me know you'd like to apply. Hey, everybody. Welcome to this episode of the Let's Get Vulnerable podcast. And this is a very special episode. We have an amazing guest with us. She is a co-owner of one of my most favorite gyms. Okay, my favorite gym ever, Renegade in San Diego. She is a wife. She is a mother, fitness enthusiast, all around amazing woman. And I'm so happy to get to talk with her today. We have Jamie Hardwick. Welcome, Jamie. Thank you, Morgan. I'm so happy to be here today with you. I love it. So as I said, I'm obsessed with Renegade and it is my most favorite, favorite gym. Um, And tell me a little bit about that. Like, how did you become, you know, a co-owner and uh, start that journey? Okay. So I found Renegade so randomly. I was literally going to the Target, you know, that's a block away. And it was right in like the infant stages. So there was only, you know, Jamie as a trainer. So we had one trainer and there would be maybe two or three people in each of the classes. And I went once and I have to preface this by saying that I am a bit of a gym whore. Like I jumped around from fitness studio to fitness studio constantly. Like I was doing, you know, some yoga, some boot camp, some weightlifting, some you know, marathon training. And so I never thought for a minute that I would ever love something. So I went into this gym and again, there was just two or three of us in each class and I immediately fell in love. You know, it took me maybe like 10 minutes in that studio to say, okay, this is it. I loved, um, you know, I loved the structure of the programs. I loved the loud music. I loved Jamie's energy. There was just something I could tell was very special about that. So as I continue to go, um, I just let them know. I said, Hey, if you ever want to expand past this one location in Point Loma, you know, my husband and I would love to jump on board with you. And that's kind of how it happened is we got to know, you know, the other owners, Billy and Shannon and Jamie and Mm -hmm. yeah, the rest is history. We're from one location. Now we're up to five locations and I still 
I'm obsessed. I think the community we've built, I think the training and the structure of the program is unlike anything. So yeah, so that's kind of how we got involved with it. And it has grown exponentially within the last three or four years. Mm, I love it. I love it, Jamie. And that's obviously how Jamie and I met was in the gym. Um, And I have to say, Jamie, I feel like you and I share a mutual love for athletic wear. Yes, I know. I'm obsessed with your looks every day. (laughs) I know your looks though. Like Jamie has some amazing athletic wear, y'all. So um, I feel like when you, after that, when you're in a gym constantly, it's just this like, I don't know what happens, but you end up not even wearing like jeans and heels and like, you know, regular clothing. And so I feel like because I would go to the gym and then right from there, it's like you enter back into like mom mode and life mode and I'd be running around in my, you know, athletic gear all day. I'm like, why would I spend money on anything but my workout clothes? Amen. (laughs) You want to look good. You want to look totally. Oh my gosh. Okay. So I have to know for my own selfish pleasure here, um, what is your favorite athletic wear brand right now? Oh gosh. So, you know, I go all over the place, but I always come back to Lulu. Yeah. Such good quality. It's just good quality forever. Uh Uh-huh. And I just, yeah. yeah. And I feel like they keep up with the times and I've tried so many times because it is expensive. Like, let's face it, they're not the cheapest and I've strayed and I've gone other places. You know, I love Fabletics. I think what they're doing is amazing. Mm -hmm. Um, But it's just my tried and true is definitely Lululemon. Yeah. Do you have, do you have a favorite? I love Lulu as well. Uh, and then I also recently have really started to love Good American, Khloe Kardashian. Oh, yeah. Brand. Yeah. Yes. They Super have a pair of like velvet leggings that I got from there that are my absolute favorite. So, oh, girl, next time you wear them, tag me in the picture. I want to okay. see you. <laughs> I yeah. love it. Yes. Ja- yeah. So, Jamie and I want to see your favorite athletic wear. So, tag us because we're kind of obsessed with it. Yes. Yes. Exactly. Give me all the tips. Yes. Yes. <laughs> and so, I, you know, I also feel that same way about Renegade um, that you talked about, where it's a community and it's honestly the best workout I've ever had in my life. Like, I will say that. And as someone who was a personal trainer, um, I've done all kinds of workouts throughout my life, it's, it's top quality workouts. So there's that piece, but then there's that community piece, which I know you and I find really important. How like yep. even that like small, hello, how's your day going? That really matters. Totally. And you know, it's funny. I think it takes something like this COVID-19 and this isolation sort of within your own home to realize how much we do rely on community for our mental health, for our sanity, you know, for all of it. Exactly. It's so true. Like maybe we didn't realize it before. Um, but I know myself, it's like, I would say good morning to, to Rachel every morning, right at the front desk, shout out Rachel. Um, she's amazing. And just even like not having that little good morning that impacted me. Yes, I know. It's, it's crazy. And it's, I always, I don't think I ever took it for granted what an amazing community and how many like strong women were in. Cause we were in yes. kind of like the eight thirty crew. So yeah. It tended to be very female centric. It's not an all female gym, but it just, the times we were going, it was very female heavy. Yeah. And you know, I always felt thankful for this crew of like really motivational, cool, inspiring women. 
but it did, it took this kind of being more isolated in a home with, with my family, which is amazing, but just right. to realize how much that little bit of uplifting, you know, community every single day, you know, made me so happy. Yes. Yes. I love it. Well, yeah. I'm so glad that you and I are getting to connect this way. And obviously we miss everyone at Renegade. If you're listening to this, we, we miss you. We'll I see know. you again. Shout out to our Renegaders. Yes, yes we will see you again. <laughs> um, so Jamie, I want to talk a little bit and transition into, wow, you have a lot of roles in, in your life. Um, yeah. And also, I, I didn't mention this, but so Jamie is the wife of Nick Hardwick, who is a um, past NFL quarterback for the San Diego Chargers. So right. even being the wife to a professional athlete, that's its own role. Um, yeah. And then doing what you do in business and being a mom. And I think one of the things that people really always want to know is like, how do you balance all of those roles and, and do them all. So that's always the million dollar question, right? And I feel like there's never a perfect balance. I think sometimes certain aspects of your life are thriving and it's at kind of, you know, the mercy of other aspects. So I don't think that there's ever this like perfect, like symbiosis, you know, of all elements of your life. Um, I definitely think that, my relationship and my marriage has always been the most important thing in, in life. So whether, you know, it's a job or raising kids or, you know, owning businesses or any of those other things, they always come second because I've always believed that you have to have a really strong foundation in order for all the other aspects to fall into place. But as far as balance goes, I think every day is different. And some days I feel like I'm killing it. And some days I feel like I'm getting buried alive. So I'm always striving for that balance. And I don't think that I've, you know, like most people probably, I don't think that I've ever reached this place and been like, this is it. You know, it's a juggling act. Yeah. I, I love that Jamie, because it's, it's such an illusion, right? Like if someone is saying like, oh yeah, you can achieve perfect balance. It's like, no, it's kind of, Kind of a lot of BS, really. Yeah. <laughs> Obviously, right? Like that's kind of right. Fake. So, um, you know, being able to say what you're saying, which is that, yeah, there's certain things that you're prioritizing at different seasons. I like to think about totally. it as seasons, right? I seasons love that. Seasons of your life. And almost this idea about how can we be in flow of honoring what's really most important or what, what really needs our energy and our attention, you right. know? Yeah, um, because there's no way to be fully, fully in in every single area of your life, and there's just seasons where parts of your life need more attention. So right. ag- acknowledging that, and I love though the point that you made about your marriage and how no matter what you have made time for that and you've prioritized it. Yeah, and there's and like you were saying, you know, in terms of seasons, there are things, I guess, that pop up in life and whether it is work or, you know, young kids where you do put that relationship kind of, it ends up falling on the back burner, but it's been, you know, we've been married now going on 14 years. And I would say that one of my main reasons for having a a 
successful marriage is that we always do come around and say, okay, look, we've been, you know, kind of not communicating or we've been ignoring one another or just not putting each other in the forefront. Let's, let's reconnect. And, you know, we do that, I would say at least every week, if not more often, that way we're always on the same page with whatever other endeavors are coming up in our lives. I love that so much. When, when I do couples therapy, one of the things that becomes evident is there are couples who they simply have not made time or space for a relationship check-in, right? Right. And you think about if you're running a successful business, you are checking in, you're seeing what's working well, what are the systems that need improvement? What were some of the wins, the losses, right? Like you you know what's happening, but so so many people are in their relationship and they're they're not making that space to check in. So just like a successful business, when you're running a successful marriage, you got to have that openness, that honesty, um, and the willing to, the willingness to make space to have those conversations frequently. Totally. Yeah. Totally. And I think that you know, especially if you're in a new relationship or if you're not 100% comfortable, there are some kind of difficult conversations to have. You know, when you did this, it upset me. Or when you, you know, put this ahead of our relationship, it made me feel this sort of way. And it did. It took many kind of blow up arguments in the early years of marriage that we have come full circle and we've realized how important that aspect of communication is and constantly, you know, letting them know what's making you happy or sad or frustrated or, you know, all the things. Yeah. Oh, I love that. I love that because it's so easy to kind of get in a conflict avoidant place right? or just kind of try to let everything smooth over, you know, if you avoid it. Um, But what we know is that when you don't deal with it, it just gets bigger and bigger. And eventually, yeah, it it blows up, right? So totally. Yeah. But I love that you all so I'm curious. So so you said you do this like once a week. How, How did this come about? Was it intentional that you had a conversation with Nick and you're like, hey, we need to be checking in with each other? Did it happen naturally? So super, this is like the most random thing that I can remember when we actually started doing this. It was probably year two of our marriage. And at the time we owned a new puppy and I was going for a run. And I speci- and when that later that night, we had a wedding to attend. And I specifically remember saying to Nick, I'm laying this dress out on the bed, you know, to flatten it or whatever from wrinkles. Please do not let the dog in the bedroom. And, and I left, I said, I'll be gone for an hour. I'll be back. Well, I got home and the dog was an English bulldog who, if you know that sort of breed, yes. they drool all over the place. Mm-hmm. So I had this beautiful, like light brown silk dress that had this massive drool puddle in the middle of it. <sighs> and at the time, again, we got married. I was really young when we got married. I was 23. And so again, still kind of navigating those relationship waters a little bit, but I got home and I absolutely erupted, you know, dropping MFs on him. And are you stupid? Is this, you know, all of, all of the things probably you instruct your couples not to do. This was me. And it was just this absolute explosion Mm. because I feel like he wasn't listening, you know, to what I had asked, the one request I had asked. And so anyways, I just 
again, now I'm looking back, I know it was me and my reaction was absolutely unwarranted. And he never once yelled back. He just very calmly shut the door and was like, we are not attending the wedding. We are not speaking. I am not. And so I realized early on that his you know, conflict resolution, you know, his way of dealing with it was absolutely not through screaming. So that was like a one big fight that we had where I realized that our styles really had to merge. They had to kind of meet in the middle because if not, it was going to be an awful marriage. So anyway, so I, after that day, I think that was the last time I've ever screamed and berated him because I realized that it's just, it's not an effective communication style for him. And from then on, we've always, and again, it was just, it was a silly argument over, you know, nothing substantial, but it was just realizing how different at that point of our lives is our styles of dealing with conflict were and how we had to kind of move past that and figure a way to work with one another. I love that. Thank you for sharing that. Oh my <laughs> yeah. gosh. Yeah. All, so that was where that story was going. I was like, oh no, the dog. Yeah. Oh, I just, I lost it. Ruined. Totally. The dress was ruined oh, and yeah, the rest of the weekend was ruined. And anyways, yeah. it was a giant learning experience. Yeah. yeah. I really appreciate you opening up about that. And then also there's this awareness that, wow, that could have gone a totally different way, but totally. Instead of ignoring it or making it worse, it sounds like you both took it as learning. Um, And when I work with couples, you know, we talk about learning about each other's love maps and like really getting to know the other person on a deeper level. Uh And part of that is how can you get through conflict in a way where the person can actually hear you? Because we all have the way that we're used to communicating when we're upset. But if we actually want to be heard, right, we have to adapt to, okay, how can my partner actually take it in and hear me? Um, And for a lot of couples, sometimes they never learn that. They don't learn like, okay, what does successful conflict navigation look like? Um, And they get stuck in those entrenched patterns. So Right. I'm glad for you too yeah. that you you had that early on and it sounds like I mean you've made it a priority to check in with one another and find out you know totally. when you did this I felt this in, yes. instead of holding on and then having resentment grow and then having there be a blow up. So Right. And I have to say like I again we got married really young um and I feel like we were both still like in that growth mindset period, which was such yeah. a blessing because we were both willing to to change and adapt together versus being super fixed on, well, this is the way I've always done it and this is who I am. It was like, well, that's obviously not going to work. So yeah, we both have to grow and mature together. I love that you mentioned growth mindset. I think about that as one of the foundational pieces for any healthy couple is, okay, how can I support your individual growth, but how can I also commit to showing up every single day in this couple with the intention that we are going to grow as a couple and, and get through whatever comes up. Right. That, that belief that we will grow together and we will navigate whatever comes up. Yeah. 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 And it's, and it's, again, it's, I think we were 
it was just dumb luck that we were both really willing to learn and to change, you know, cause I think yeah. sometimes you get in a relationship and that's, I don't know when you're dating someone and you're infatuated and you're in that new stage, it's not something I don't think you ever really ask directly. Like, Hey, are you of a growth or fixed mindset? You know, it's not a sexy conversation <laughs> okay. to have. Jamie, I, so I've been like thinking about an app idea where you have to put your attachment style, you have to put whether you've been to therapy or not, and I'm going to add that to the list. I love it. Yes. Growth mindset, fixed mindset. I love it. Yes. Let's do it. Should be, it should be a dating, it should be a dating question, really. It really should be. And, Uh And this is when I'm teaching people to date, this is part of what I help them with is how do you have those deeper conversations because they, they matter, right? Like the values piece, the, how, how do you view the world? Um, how, how do you navigate conflict? All of those questions really matter. And sometimes we're just skipping over them. Right. Yeah. Yeah, totally. I love that. So another thing that I think is so important, I really want to hear your take on this and what it's meant to you. Um, this idea that when we want to show up at our best in a, in a marriage or in a relationship, we have to really be taking care of ourselves. Mm -hmm. Right. Um, so, so curious for you, like what, what has that looked like for you? And maybe what are some of your non-negotiables so that you know that you are taking care of you? Okay. So we've talked about it already, but absolutely fitness and exercise. Yeah. For me, that's like, that is a non-negotiable and it has been forever. You know, I was a college soccer player. Um, I need that release in order for me to be happy and, and feel like myself. So, you know, I remember even at a young age, my mom saying to me, I was probably like 12 years old and she's like, you need to go for a run because you are just absolutely miserable right now. And it's, it's literally, you know, transition to every relationship I've ever had. If I don't get a good workout in and get a sweat broke every day, Mm -hmm. I'm not myself. So that's number one. I always prioritize my physical activity. Um, something that I've learned to do, which I never was, but I've become a real morning person. Mm-hmm. So my alarm every day is set for four thirty, and again, that took many years of you know working oh, up to girl, that. I thought I was early. I'm like a five thirty, but four thirty. Okay, hey, yeah, that's a new level. So, oh <laughs> lord, um, but it wor- it works for us right now with young kids because yeah. they are they're up at the butt crack of dawn. Yes. and for me, having that alone time in the morning is everything. Where mm-hmm. it's it's almost like my meditative time, and I don't necessarily you know, sit and get into a deep meditation, but it's just preparing my coffee slowly and being able to read my news and having the house totally still and making to-do lists. And, you know, I'm not even a really early morning exerciser. It's just having that hour of time to myself that makes me feel, um, yeah, really complete and ready to start my day with the rest of my family. So those are two for sure. Um, prioritizing sleep has become a giant part of, of my life and just, and self-care. Um, and then maybe my fourth is always, um, 
is the food that we eat. Our, our life is really kind of food centric in this house. Mm -hmm. And I think the more that we eat, you know, nourishing good quality foods, the better it makes my mind and my body feel. And so that's another way that I really focus on self-care. I love all of that. And I, I think sometimes, you know, when I'm working with moms in particular, there's this belief that I don't have time for myself. Like, and it's very firm. I like, like sometimes I'll work with people and they're like, I don't even have 10 minutes. Um, and part of it is about really talking with them about, well, you are worth taking care of yourself. I, I, yes. I think sometimes it's a worthiness piece. Yes. Like you are worth taking care of yourself, your identity as a human before even being a mom. That is really important that, that you take care of you, right? Yes. But sometimes getting people to really feel that and internalize it is really hard. Uh-huh. I, yeah. I can imagine. And I, I think you know, I, I was, I'm fortunate and I've, I've never had like a low, um, self-esteem issue or a confidence issue. Yeah. So I've always been able to say, no, 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 I'm selfish enough to know that I need to take care of myself. Yeah. Yeah. And I think it's, you know, I guess in this case, it's a blessing to always have been a little bit of selfish there. I love that. You know, for, for me, yeah. I, I can speak to, there was decades of my life where I did not have the non-negotiables that I do now, which are very similar to yours. Um, so I had to learn it. And I think that that process of learning it and then getting to that place where, okay, this happens no matter what, that, that took, right. me years, took me years to get there. Yeah. What's one of your non-negotiables that's different than mine? Or are they all about oh, the same? They're so similar. I definitely getting up and having time to myself where I'm reading a book that, yeah. that I really appreciate. I like to do that in the morning. For, for me, another thing that I do is I always review my list of affirmations. Oh, cool. So I have a Google Doc that's just a long, long list. So it's time where I'm priming kind of, you know, myself and it includes my future self in there too. And things I'm working towards. Awesome. So that's another thing. Um, yeah. And then I think another non-negotiable for me too, is learning that I need to be flexible with my schedule. So if I wake up in the morning and I look at it and it is like back to back, right. I have this commitment to myself that okay, I can cancel something. I can move something. Yeah. yeah. That for, for me, that took years to be able to allow myself to have any flexibility. It was like, nope, right. it's on the calendar. You're doing it. Yeah. Yeah. Isn't that funny how maturity does that? Yes. Yeah. 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 We, we can move around and we can be flexible. We can yeah. be flexible. We can listen to our needs, right? We have the, the right to listen to our needs. Totally. Yes. Totally. Yeah, yes. I love that. And then one, so one other piece, which I feel like you touched on this, and I love that you shared even from a young age, your mom was like, Jamie, go for a run because yeah. she knows you and she knows that, okay, that's what you need to get in a good mental place. Right. You, like, how would you describe the importance of physical fitness exercise and how it relates to your mental health? 
Gosh, it's so important. I mean, it really is. So, I mean, if you just look at it from like a physical perspective, you know, the act of exercising and just getting the blood flowing into your brain and, you know, the amount of hormones that are released through exercise, you know, the dopamine and the serotonin that you get um, because of it. I mean, that's, that's kind of a no brainer, but I also think too, it's, you know, similar to the waking up early, the having the alone time, the putting yourself first, it has become like almost my it's my hour that I don't have to think about anything else. Mm-hmm. And I like exercise and, you know, we've shared Renegade a bunch. I've, I'm a runner. I, I like activity where it's so physically demanding that I'm not thinking about, you know, the 97 other things I have to do during the day. It becomes yes. this all-encompassing. And again, it's like meditative. It's an hour where I'm just focusing yeah on breathing and taking one foot in front of the other because it's that physically demanding. And I, for me, I love that, you know, some people can do yoga and they can, they can Zen out and zone out. And I'm just not that type I need to have. Yeah. I need to not be, not be able to breathe is for me the zone I have to be in. Jamie, I am so similar. I mean, there's something about, right? Like you're swinging a kettlebell and if you're not focused, you're going to like hit yourself in the head with it. Totally. Like like that amount of focus, that is meditation to me because there, I could not be anywhere else. I have to be in the present. So I, I've felt the same way about slow yoga uh-uh. I am going to be a distraction. I know. And I love it. And I'm so envious of people that can like do that. They're like, yeah. you know, long and lean and they're very calm. Yeah. And I'm like, that's amazing. But that's just not what I right. need, you know? Exactly. And then I think the other component, like with the mental health is when you get your physical exercise and you're feeling good about your body's like physical nature. So the way you look, and I know that ends up sounding superficial, but I think when you fit better in your clothes and you're, you know, happy when you look in the mirror at how you physically appear, I think it makes, yeah, it makes your mental state better as well. It does. Doesn't it? Yeah. It does. And this is such an interesting topic in even the psychology world. And there's all these different opinions about how to talk about body image and mental health and fitness. I know for me, so I, I don't know if you know this about me, but I did grow up like very overweight. I was like 215 at one point. So how oh, wow. I, yeah. And I had a transformation at one point where I call it, I was, you know, hating myself into being skinny. It was like, you are going to run on this treadmill until you're skinny and no one's going to like you until you're skinny. And that is the wrong approach. Right. Right. (laughs) And that approach didn't work for me. I was never able to stay healthy and fit when I was being self-critical and thinking that I wasn't worthy until I got to a certain point. The thing that I teach some of my health coaching clients is that whole shift of you are worthy. You are so amazing and so beautiful where you are right now. And, and you care about yourself so much that you want to feel physically good and feel fit and fit in your clothes better. So it's that, are you approaching it from self hate and self critical 
or is it coming from a place of self-love? Right. Right. And I think that that's, it's a delicate balance. Yes. But I love the expression that, you know, we exercise because we love our bodies, not because we hate them. And sometimes, you know, I think the unhealthy approach would be, you know, I had whatever, an extra serving of dinner or I had ice cream or a donut, I'm going to burn this off. For me, it's not about that necessarily. It's about, I feel great. My body works in this way. Let's celebrate it and let's go move. I love that. And I don't know how this is communicated at Renegade, but I feel like it is, even if it's just subconscious, but that whole community of, Hey, like let's focus on getting stronger. Let's focus on how can you just push yourself a little bit harder today than you did yesterday. Right. When you're shifting your focus to that and some of the mental benefits and mindset benefits that come from that, you lose track of the scale or it doesn't even matter. It's about you against you. How can you improve daily? Yep. And that's, and that's how it should be. Right. And when you, when you set yourself up, um, and you're in the right headspace and you celebrate your, your wins in the gym and you're getting stronger and you're able to accomplish more that totally spills over into other aspects of your life where you're like, God, I'm stronger than I thought I was. Yeah. More than I thought I was capable of. And so, yeah, it is. It's this like, I don't know. It's, I don't want to say girl power, but it's like this really cool, powerful thing. As you physically get stronger, you, you know, you feel that way in, in other areas of life. Oh, so true. And it takes me back to when I was, so a lot of the listeners know, and I don't know if you know this, Jamie, but I did go through an abusive relationship in my early twenties. Um, and I swear that the thing that, that helped me heal the most was obviously therapy, coaching, et cetera. But the time that I spent in the gym, And knowing that, wow, I can deadlift 200 pounds, like, holy shit, I am strong, you know? Yes. And it was that whole like mental, mental shift because my self-worth and everything, he had been so emotionally abusive that I had to re rebuild myself. And for me that, that happened in the gym. Wow. That's amazing. Yeah. Which is why. Is that why you got into the area that you're in? Was it after that relationship? So, yes. So, yeah. So I, I mean, so I had in my early twenties, um, even in my teenage years, I just had horrible dating experiences and it all came from that place of things that I never dealt with and patterns that were repeating themselves over and over. But it was after that abusive relationship and then finally healing and starting to date a whole different kind of of guy um, Mm -hmm. that I was able to go, wow, I need to help other women make this transformation. Wow. Yeah. That's so cool. Yeah. Yeah. I love that about you because, so I've only met you, you know, in the last year or so. And when I look at you and I, you know, watch you, you are such like a confident, strong woman. And I think a lot of, you know, the people that are around you, they strive to be like you. So to hear that you did have struggles is really, that's amazing. Really cool. Thank you so much, Jamie. Yeah, Yeah. That's, that's really, really awesome. That's always the best compliment. I don't know if you have had this, but like 
you're in the gym and you have somebody coming up to you and being like, wow, you inspire me or like, wow, can you tell me how you did that move? You're like, whoa, me, you know? Yeah. So cool. <laughs> yeah. That's such a good feeling. Um, yes, I but totally we all agree. start from somewhere, you know, my, when mm-hmm. I was getting back into fitness, my first workouts, I think I laid on the floor for half of them and kind of yeah. felt like, wow, I must be in the wrong place. But it's that whole, and I bet you would agree with this. It's that commitment to the process and the consistency. Yes. It does not happen overnight. Nope. And I always say, you know, comparison is the thief of joy. And so you can't go into a workout or a relationship or anything in life and look at the person beside you and say, you know, dang it, I can't do as much as them, or I don't have as much as them or whatever it is. It's you're looking within yourself to get stronger and to, you know, improve. Yeah, exactly. And, and we can always be so motivated and feed off the people that we're around, which is what I really miss about Renegade. Um, but we have to take that motivation and not let it get us down, but really just inspire us and know right. that the wins are that you just keep showing up, honestly, yeah. just the consistency. Yeah. Same with fitness, same with business. Like, okay, let's talk about business just for a second. Sure. (laughs) When I started my Instagram, I had no followers, nobody cared, but it was that whole, okay, I'm just going to do a post every single day. Mm -hmm. See what happens. Same with the podcast. Nobody cared at first, right? But you can't be doing what you're doing for that external validation. It has to be for you because you care about it. Yeah. And staying consistent when there's no results. So you're not getting any results, but you're still showing up. And you know, what's so hard is I feel like when you're right on kind of the cusp of like, I don't want to say hitting it big, but whether you're, you know, trying to lose weight or gain followers or, you know, succeed in anything you're doing, there's always this place where you're like, man, I'm never going to get there. And it's right at that point where you almost want to quit that I feel like that's where the breakthrough happens. It's so true. Yeah. Yeah. So I'm with you. If you can just stick with something long enough, you'll see amazing results. You'll see the results. Yeah, Yeah. totally. You just have to be committed to the process. Um, You know, and I, I love this interview, honestly, being able to talk with you. Um, One of the things that I was curious about is like all of the, business ventures that that you and your husband have like tell me what do you all have i feel like you have a lot of things going on oh my gosh so okay so nick played in the nfl for 11 years so when he retired from that it was he was in broadcasting i have had many lives i graduated with a degree in teaching and so i was a substitute teacher then i worked at san diego state for a while Then I actually went back to school and became a hairdresser. And so I was in a salon for many years. So we've both kind of had our, our, you know, separate jobs and lives. And then when he retired, we kind of became um, big into real estate investing. And so that's kind of our bread and butter. That's what we do, you know, to to make money. Um, And because of that, 
we are able to pursue all of these other passions. So we do, you know, take part in Renegade and Nick now has a supplement line. He has a podcast. Yeah. And he still does, um, his radio show in San Diego. He still does some TV. Um, so he kind of gets to dabble in all the things he's passionate about. Yeah. So we've just, we've been so blessed and we're so lucky that we get to pursue all these other little things. But if somebody asks me like what our main job is, it is real estate investing. Yeah. Which is not a sexy, it's not a sexy fun thing. (laughs) It's amazing though, that you've used it as a vehicle to allow both of you to pursue some things you're really passionate about. I love that. Yeah. You know, and again, talking about the successful relationship, I think part of that is to allow each partner the freedom to pursue these things, you know, and similar to what you were saying about your podcast, when he first started doing his two years ago, you know, it costs money to put out a podcast. It does. And it's, you know, and it's a lot of time and it's a lot of energy and it's, it's, I mean, I'm preaching to the choir, but it's a lot. And so for a while it was like, why are you doing this? You're taking, you know, money away from the family. You're taking time away from the family. But I could see like, that's when he lit up and that's really what he loved to do. And again, he's stuck with it and it's grown and he's got to interview some amazing people, you know, from around the world. And it's cool allowing him to have that space you know, and letting him pursue that while I do what I'm more passionate about. So it's cool. Yeah. So we have things together and then we also have our separate ventures as well. Jamie, I love that point so much that when you are in that healthy relationship, part of it is supporting your partner and pursuing whatever lights their fire, right? Like whatever they're passionate about. How can you help them do more of that thing? Right. Yes. Yeah. 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 So it's been, it's been great. And I, yeah, we're just, we're in a really, really unique position where obviously we were allowed to move from California. We're back in the Midwest now, um, to be closer to family, you know, during kind of, it's a time in our, it's just, it's a season like you were talking about. And during this season, we've realized that that's a priority for us and being in San Diego, we couldn't prioritize this. So we're back here and because everything we do is remote, it's, it's worked out amazingly. Wow. I love that. And I love that you kind of made that pivot together and you were able to communicate about what's important and what is this season going to look like? And you, you made the pivot. That's great. Yeah. Yeah. It's cool. Yeah. We're, we're really lucky. Yeah. Yeah. So, so Jamie, what do you feel like you're most passionate about right now? Oh gosh. Huh. That's a, that's a loaded question. <laughs> um, what am I most passionate about. So obviously we've talked about fitness and that's a huge, a huge part of our lives. Um, we are currently, we're trying to get renegade going possibly in the Midwest. (gasps) So that's kind of, yeah, we're talking about, (laughs) you know, that's all I know. So we would love, love to be able to do that here. And I think the, the weather and the climate would be amazing for an indoor gym like that here. Cause really there's nothing like it. Um, so yeah, yeah, so pursuing that a little bit. Um, and then, yeah, and I'm, I've jumped on board with Nick. Um, and we do have Hardwick life, which is our supplement brand that we're, we're really working that. on. Yeah. So creating just a really kind of healthy 
space for where we're developing recipes and coming out with new supplements and working on kind of that platform and that brand right now. I love that. And I know that this comes from a place of passion for the both of you that you really care about the supplements that people are using and the supplements that they're giving their families and just wanting people to really have the best of the best. Totally. Yeah. Totally. Again, we've just, we've been able to come um, create like great relationships um, because of Nick's football life that we're able to get, you know, pharmaceutical grade supplements. And it's just, it's really cool to be able to mass distribute them. So yeah, working hard on that and and again, raising the family is always a priority. Yeah. So our boys that's are, cool. yeah, always number one. But in terms of, you know, business ventures, that's kind of what we're working on right now. That's amazing. Yeah. A uh, little selfish question for you. Oh my gosh. Yeah. So I am thinking about relocating to Portland, Oregon. Ooh, when this is done. Cool. I, I did my grad school there. My twin sister is there. Um, so I have a lot, a big pull there. So um, kind of need a renegade in Portland. There you go. Okay. So, I will, I will make a note of that. I, yes. Yeah, I sat down. Let's do that. <laughs> Portland's such a cool place though, because there's is. so much like outdoor activity going on there. Oh yeah. People are so active. Yeah. It's definitely a fitness community. Definitely. Totally. Yeah. Totally. Right. Well, good for you. It happen. Let's do it. Yeah. Okay. Done. So Jamie, you have been amazing. I really appreciate you being vulnerable. Obviously this is the let's get vulnerable podcast and you did that. So thank you. Yeah, uh, thank you for having me. Yeah. I always just ask one final question. Um, and, and that is right now um, in what you've been thinking about or you know where, where your mindset is at, if you were to kind of meet somebody on the street and they wanted to know like what your best life advice is, what would you say to them? Not to put you on the spot. I know. No, that's, that's a, that's a deep question. I know. Best life advice. Okay. So I really think that finding happiness within is the most important thing. And I think that in our really consumer-based society, a lot of times we look for extrinsic things to make us happy. Mm. But if you can, and this is, it's super complex, is find what makes you happy inside because I don't think that you can ever find it outside of yourself. So whatever that looks like for you, again, that's it's kind of a, a broad sweeping piece of advice. But yeah, find find happiness within yourself. I guess if I had to, you know, just phrase it in one quick sentence. It's so powerful. So, so simple yet very powerful. I love that advice. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Thank you. Well, yeah. I love seeing your face and I've I missed know. you so much during this whole quarantine. I know I miss yeah. you and, and everybody at, at Renegade and our you know morning sweat sessions. Seriously. Uh, what are you, what are you doing now to, for workouts? So I'm, so (laughs) I have a little concrete area in the backyard of our 90 acres. And when this all started, the first thing I did is I went to Amazon and I ordered a bunch of gym equipment. So I have a barbell, I have some kettlebells, I have a jump rope, I have bands. um, And I am hopping on to the Renegade live streams in the morning and doing some of those. Jamie has been doing such a hilarious job of this. Oh my God. He's great. Yeah. The, the energy that Jamie has is unmatched. 
hundred <laughs> percent. And he really cares and you, he, you really feel that he really cares. So I love yeah, that. Totally. Well, good yeah. for you for jumping on Amazon early because they have been sold out since like day four of COVID. I know. Yeah. So you go I girl. Know. I feel yeah. super, super lucky. Uh, well, one last thing, Jamie, if people want to find you on all the socials, what is the best way that they can connect with you and the projects that you have going on? Okay. So I am at Jamie, J-A-Y-M-E dot Hardwick. And that's my Instagram handle, Jamie dot Hardwick. And then we're also um, at Hardwick Life, H-A-R-D-W-I-C-K-L-I-F-E is another Instagram handle. And then the website is hardwick.life. So those are kind of the places where you will see me and my family and everything that we're working on. I love it. And of course, Jamie and I would love that if there was takeaways from this episode, that you would make sure you screenshot it and tag us and then put it on your story because we love to hear your takeaways and your feedback. Absolutely. Well, thank you so much, Morgan, for having me. This was so much fun. Yeah. Thanks for being on. And as always, everyone, I am wishing you high self-worth and great relationships. I'll talk with you soon. You guys, thanks for tuning in. I really appreciate each and every one of you. The best way that you can thank me is by sharing this episode on Instagram, Facebook, and making sure that you tag me at Dr. Morgan Coaching. And it would really mean the world to me if you took just two minutes to leave me a five-star review on iTunes. This podcast is not free to produce, And the more that you help this little show grow, the more people will have access to this valuable information. So until next time, I'm wishing you high self-worth and great relationships. Thank you for being part of this community.